Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. in 2022 if you like batman you have to also like nirvana welcome to the black cast i am christian blatt he is jeff duray he is will sterling and she is caitlin cornell welcome back the. to the black cast you know all those oh, finger movements. we're gonna talk yeah. about the you guys it's gonna be great we're gonna really focus on, on the, the. 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 Not to be confused with the band that is called The The. Uh, right away, we got to hit this uh, right out of the gate. You guys are killing me. I'm skipping nap time for this, Dominica Saxon. I would never want to stand in the way of an adult of nap time. male. An adult male's nap time. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, see us uh, while we talk about the Batman. And uh, two of us watched the movie together, didn't we, Will? Sure did. And we went and saw it at the Cinemark uh, at uh, Howard Hughes Parkway because it's right in between us. Yeah. Did you notice online what would have happened had you come all the way to Burbank to see the movie that night? We could have taken our masks off. No, you all- could have seen Rob Pat- Robbie. You Pat. would have seen Robert Pattinson introduce the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. at the AMC, which is, of course, where we would have gone. Because yeah. if you go into the movies in Burbank, you're going to go there. And it was in the big comfy chair uh, theater, which is, of course, where I mean, we don't sit, we don't sit in uncomfortable chairs. So, yeah, we could have seen we could have seen the Patman. Was but, it like uh, the 7 p.m. showtime? Was it a reasonable yeah, showtime? It, it was yeah, it was a reasonable show that, showtime. Yeah, it was the show that we definitely would have gone to see. Okay. So. Um, uh, well, if but, only we would have known. If only we would have known. But uh, the most important thing about the viewing experience with Will is that neither of us got up to go to the bathroom. And oh, that man. if you know us, and Jeff, you've been to the movies with us, that, that, that might surprise you a little, right, Jeff? I just assume you peed in like the popcorn bucket or something. Yeah, well, here was my trick this time. I didn't do my usual popcorn bucket trick, uh-huh. uh, but this is a different popcorn bucket trick. I didn't eat my popcorn for like the first like 75 minutes i noticed the corner of my eye i was like is he just taking that popcorn home was this (laughs) which by the way could have been the case yeah because i know that you've done that with your with the extra popcorn in the past and i thought maybe you were just the refills for yeah 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 Yeah. but uh yeah no (laughs) so uh so i didn't i didn't drink any of my beverage until like the middle of the movie so i was able to hold it in although uh, there there is an article of the best place to leave the movie is the funeral scene because it's already on the online oh that's not a that's not a bad place yeah i i had (laughs) after i remember when i first saw avengers endgame i took notes on the little because i think we weren't allowed to have our phones 
because I'm important enough to go to press screening for Marvel movies, but whatever. Uh, so I, I think I wrote down a couple of times. So I gave people time. There were three points where you could take a break. It's like, if you don't go to this one, you're going to have to wait till this one. Uh, but I don't know. I was just relieved to not have to go, but enough about uh viewing habits and uh and bathroom breaks aside uh jeff uh you saw it before any of us because you saw it at 3 p.m eastern time which is 12 o'clock our time here on the west coast so mm-hmm. you could have spoiled things but i guess it wasn't really the, like a big spoilery kind of story was it no i don't think this is really one that hardly has any spoilers yeah. like i there's stuff you could tell people but it wouldn't impact the viewing of the film whatsoever yeah, yeah it's very so. it, it, it yeah spoiler alert his parents are dead you know yeah. <laughs> and spoiler well, alert the riddler's a guy <laughs> <laughs> but uh, will knows i i did say this after I was overjoyed by the fact that we got a batman story and this is the first entry in this universe and we did not see the death of Thomas and Thomas and Martha yeah. Wayne. I was I, I just enough Amazing. of killing those two poor people. They talked a lot about it. That's fine. It's very important to a story. Those two rich people. Very rich people. You're right. It's just yeah. unfortunate is what I meant. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was just to, to not be shown that was good, uh, I thought. Uh, but Jeff, uh, in terms of big picture, what did you think about the Batman? As much as I want to call it the Batman because it's funny to me. Uh, the Batman, what did you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, it's something I'll watch again. Uh, it was good. I definitely have problems with it. I think it's one of those movies where you enjoy it when you walk away and then you hear everyone being like, it's fucking perfect. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then you come up with a list of reasons it's not as good. And then yeah. you kind of are focused on those. So yeah. I think I need to watch it again to appreciate what I liked about it when I first saw it. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm stuck on all the things that I didn't like about yeah. it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And we will we will definitely dwell on those. And, you know, what I said to Will afterwards was that this could be in the conversation for the best Batman movie ever made if only Christopher Nolan hadn't made three better Batman movies. Uh, and the way you know? that people are so quickly saying this is the best one. And I'm like, really, like a week ago, The Dark Knight or Will, what's your favorite? Batman Begins. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, somebody out there must like Dark Knight Rises the the most. Um you know, we we used to have Bane on the podcast regularly. I don't even know if you oh. remember that well, but yeah, uh, he's, I don't yeah. know where he's been. He's probably he's probably with Watto from uh, Phantom Menace. I think <laughs> well, the times changed. The Bane voice is probably less uh, controversial than the Watto voice. It might be, yeah. But if you put yeah. Watto in the Bane mask, that might be something that oh. that uh, people would want to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty well, sure that the uh, Bane voice is uh, racist against simp's. <laughs> Might be the case, Jeff. Uh, well, uh, Caitlin, uh, overall big picture thoughts, and we we will delve into the good, the bad, and the and riddles the as we go through. But uh, what uh, what are your just overall thoughts? So I thought that, yeah, and I actually rewatched Batman Begins and The Dark Knight last night, and I honestly think that The Dark Knight is not as good as I remembered it. It's only good because of how good the Joker is. Correct. I, I and mean, everything I can that see has that. to yeah. do with Batman is like super lame. And I'm like, it's like, she's going to, she's going to leave him, Alfred. He can't ever know. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> Get back to Joker. 
Yeah. This was and, and probably, and like, I love Batman Begins. I thought it was a really great one. If you're going to do the Martha story, like it would have great intertextuality and it was great filmmaking. It was a great kickoff to this trilogy. The Dark Knight is really the best because of how they portrayed the Joker. Yeah. And I felt like this Batman movie, the Batman is the best Batman movie in terms of where he's at a year in. Yeah. what he's worried about, what he's focused on, what walls and barriers are built up, not just physically, because in the Dark Knight trilogy, he will, relies on Alfred implicitly, and he relies on other people implicitly. And at this point, he's only relying on himself to protect himself because he doesn't want to hurt anybody else. And he's that's what he's most afraid of. And I really like that that was the theme, which which is protect yourself from pain. And it's what the entire city is going through right now. I felt like we got more of Gotham and where Gotham was at right. and what it takes to really heal. Um, I thought this was a better Batman story. And I liked the Riddler's my favorite um, Batman villain. But only the Frank Gorshin one from the 66 yeah. Batman TV series. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> I uh, really like the Riddler. I mean, yeah, when and we should definitely talk about, you know, you you know, look, the Jim Carrey Riddler is not that far well, of a cry from Frank Gorshin. You know, I they're from the same cloth. My introduction to the Riddler was Batman the Animated Series. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I loved him in Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> David Hyde Pierce, didn't he voice the Riddler at some yeah, point? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I feel like the so best cool. But the best I thought this was the that. best Batman movie. Right. In I'm terms sorry, of what was like, your point, Jeff? Oh, I was just going to say from the animated series, it was the Mad Hatter for me. Those were always the best ones because he was so like emo and depressed. And that was so like more, it was so much more interesting for those I, cartoons. I agree with you as an animated Mad Hatter. I also wonder how that would translate to a live action film for adults. Um, one point, and, and I'll let you uh, tidy up what you were going to say, Kate. Sorry. Uh, nah, the, it's tidy. The, point, it's fine. the point about the Dark Knight is the big glaring hole from the first time I saw that is why do you send him to China just because you have Chinese investors and you, you know what I mean? There's, it's, there is no, there's nothing to be gained from that part of the story. And it's only there for that reason. And it was at a time where that was happening in a lot of movies where it's like, you would go to China. Like there's a transformers movie where they go to China and, and you know how much I love Stanley Tucci drinking uh, Chinese milk. Well, we talked about it. We talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. (laughs) That's how much we talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that the Dark Knight. I think that there's there's a lot about it. I think uh, uh, Aaron Eckhart is great in that. I think that there's a lot of things. But you're right, the Joker is so good in that, and it does overshadow any possible shortcomings. I, I can agree with that. Uh, right. Will uh, back to the Batman uh, overall big picture thoughts. And I know we 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 chatted a little bit at the urinal, but uh, yeah. for, for the audience who did not get the pleasure to pee with you, well, we chatted tell them for a long thought. time at the urinal. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, we're um, hoping, hoping somebody came by, but you know, yeah, it didn't happen. Well, I remember, and I still kind of feel this way. I was like, why do we have this movie? It's not different enough than what we've had in the past what since 2005 yeah that like we're so overwhelmed with batman content and to have gone from like ben affleck batman which is very different to something like this i'm making kate crazy looks like she's like so upset i'm just like, I'm just trying not to do michael shirley right now it's oh, not yeah it's not new enough it's very entertaining there's nothing really wrong with it outside of the fact that it didn't have to be two and a half hours and there are plenty of scenes that they could have tightened 
Oh, let me just uh, jump in really quick. Somebody posted on Twitter. Why is everybody saying it's 200, two hours and 56 minutes? It's two hours and 47 minutes with credits. And I'm like, okay, great. It's still fucking long. It's still long. Like two hours and 47 minutes is too long. Yes. You know? <laughs> Even the Dark Knight. Everyone's saying it's two hours and, and 48 minutes. minutes. Previews. The Dark Knight feels yeah. long to me. But I watching this no, movie. I agree. I, I, I had that thought when I saw The Dark Knight. I remember yeah, I like, having to pee during that movie. <laughs> Well, that also the Two Face thing. I mean, I know no one doesn't do cliffhangers, but like that really should have been uh, held over until a third movie, but uh, it wasn't. Um, but I really watching this movie, I kept being like, "Man, this is, all I think all I'm thinking about is the Dark Knight." Like, I, I it was weird. I got the first 15 minutes, I was like, "This is pretty incredible." Like, I appreciated the voiceover, the very noir style narrative of it, the design of Gotham City, sort of mm-hmm. being like a, a new character instead of just a location. Um, that opening sequence where he like the slow boot walk out and the score, the music. I've been going back and listening to the music a lot, kind of running through some of the scenes in my mind. But there's nothing about it. After after about two hours, I was like, okay, like we should, I would love a way to kind of get, you know, and then we had 47 more minutes where then by the time we got to the end, I was like, I, I'm just not entirely sure that I needed this. It's not a reflection of the quality of the movie. I was just like, truthfully, I wanted to see like James Bond gadget Batman movie with Ben Affleck, but that's just me. So uh, I was like, I would love a high flying animated series esque adventure. I feel like we we've, we people keep trying to make Batman even more dark and more gritty and more sad to the point where even as Bruce Wayne, he's more dark and sad than he is as Batman, which is sort of strange, but I get it. That I was just like, for me, I was like, I don't, I'm not, this isn't different enough to warrant this movie coming so soon after doing this already. I, I Granted, I haven't seen The Dark Knight in a while. I watch Batman Begins pretty often, and I still believe that it is the, the most supreme origin story of superhero movies, period. Uh, I mean, Roger Corman, Fantastic Four, well, I feel notwithstanding. I mean, I, come on, let's be I honest. I always forget about that one. Yeah, I, I know. do agree uh, with you that the, the gold standard begins is is well, and it's interesting just because like, people don't talk story. about Batman yeah. Begins nearly enough. There's obviously, rightly so, so much focus on the Dark Knight, and then the Dark Knight Rises is the continuation. But yeah, I mean, Batman Begins. Uh, well, it's where it all began. No, it's yeah, it, it, yeah. Go ahead all of it and so there's an element to which this movie is actually all three of the nolan movies in one where it has the somberness and kind of this origin element of batman begins it has this like length and very twisty turny plot like the dark knight rises and then a third act that's like a whole city in chaos like the dark knight rises mm-hmm. it's like all three movies in one movie and so i think because of that feeling it just feels really busy and uh, I don't know. You know, it's like it's it's actually the more I think about it, it's almost perplexing because like I'm not mad at it. Yeah. It's just like I'm just like sweet. We got. I guess we can have an, one more thing that people can like. You know, like I, that's great if it makes yeah. people happy. Uh, mm-hmm. City and Chaos is the third act of every Nolan movie. That's very true. I guess that's yeah. Uh, uh, and oh, wait, I, was, I, I had and a I cut. didn't have to sit through bagpipe funeral this time. <laughs> Which was real you nice. did have to sit through a funeral. I you did, but it had no bagpipes in it, and it wasn't well, out in the open. They were yeah, like smart about it. I was like, "Why would you have and, Commissioner Loeb's yeah, funeral?" And and Jeff with a bunch of windows. Your point, but TL stock with an amazing emoji. Uh, for those who are watching the video version, Nolan's trilogy cannot be topped. That's my opinion. But Nolan is just a genius. Now, what were you going to say, Jeff? 
uh to to will's point i think the thing that for me one thing i really enjoyed about this that set it apart from the other batman movies is it felt more like nightfall remember i read um nightfall a while ago and it's like there's the internal monologue he's getting his ass handed to him he's like going through stuff he doesn't have it all figured out he doesn't have shit squared away and that's how this batman felt to me when we were getting his like little journal narrations it felt more like that internal monologue that you had in some of those older batman comics so that was an aspect i really enjoyed uh but I didn't love this Batman. I I didn't think he was my favorite Batman because I thought he was a shitty detective, and that was pissing me off. In this was, one, yeah, the, I thought he was nothing. He ever figured out other than knowing the answer to some riddles, which is does not make you a genius. There is nothing he did <laughs> that was really smart because the Thumb only drive, thing that, bro. That, the, Thumb drive. That's yeah, it. That's what you need that, to be Batman. The only thing that ever set him apart is that he has fucking cameras in his eyes. And he then prints screen grabs everything that's important and then has Alfred, again, who he does rely on, figure it out for him because he didn't yeah, he, he didn't have really. he didn't have anything going for he, him. Alfred as, cracked the cipher. I was like, here, now you have it. He's like, thanks. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, and that's so that's why I'm like, no, this just did not seem Yo. like a super competent <laughs> Batman to me. Well, Jeff, well, you're gonna re- Jeff's like Captain gonna America over here in the comments. F bombs. Hold on, language. Uh, Je- yeah, <laughs> Jeff is gonna really love the sequel where uh, Bruce Wayne does a lot of Sudoku, and uh, he's actually really great at it. So I think that the, that he actually goes up with uh, with the villain is actually Sudoku. It is a character that they have not used in the comics. None yet, of that is man. Will. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I think it makes sense if it's meant to be character development. If this is supposed to be year two, he's still figuring it out. A bunch of people died because. Because yeah. he wasn't being as good of a detective, and that's where you're going with it. Great, yeah. I'm fine with that. If this is who we're getting as Batman, he's actually just not super competent. Not a huge fan of that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it we're does still in year one. I mean, that's it what does, they did. Year two it does year beg two. the question. Um, it was just year one. It just ended. Yeah. If he's <laughs> not that great of a detective, which he's not really all that much on paper. Why, why does he have this super close relationship with Jim Gordon? Like, apparently, then all the cops are even more dumb than Batman. Like, we got clearly, we got to bring in this vigilante who knows how to solve some riddles and crack No, because some codes. The, the letters are all addressed to him. Yeah. No, and uh, yeah. just to backtrack to Will's point about Alfred, he is positioned as someone who is very intelligent, uh, except when it comes to opening a piece of mail that explodes uh, and you yeah. feel like his background, that might be something that he would at least consider, uh, you know, <laughs> everybody is smart until you need them to be dumb. And then for writing conveniences, they're <laughs> like, Whoa. Oh, it's a bow. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, that honestly would have saved us like a solid 20 minutes and would have made the movie if we skip Alfred getting blown up and the hospital sequence and we just had in then things moderately fine. Yeah. That really would say also his horrible acting as Bruce Wayne in that hospital room, like that scene in particular, I was watching him and I was like, he is, he is not very good. In this yeah. Scene, so uh, there's, there's obviously a lot to get into. And uh, one of the things that I do want to talk about is my immediate feeling walking out of the movie is how I still feel. I did not enjoy this portrayal of Bruce Wayne. And I'm also tired of uh, at least people on my Twitter feed 
trying to explain why this is such a great Bruce Wayne and apparently we're not getting it. But it's just like, oh, this is who he should be at this point. I'm like, look, no. and then and they're oh, and they're like, and he's gonna, you know, you'll see in the next movie. I'm like, no, I'm just going by what I get in this movie, and I don't like it. I don't think that it it, it just didn't connect with me. And you know, my hot take is always that to me, Val Kilmer is the best Bruce Wayne, just Bruce Wayne, because he plays him the way that I expect Bruce Wayne to be played. And I need to honestly, this just to see that now, again. just to see yeah. that, and and like Adam West, Adam West is up there too. He's got the right balance, but not Michael uh, Keaton. Uh, no, I, I just I, I bought him as Batman, but then when the mask was off, I'm like, wait, this guy. Uh, I mean, I, I, think still... Affleck, I think Affleck was a good Bruce Wayne because he had been Bruce Wayne for such a long time. You yeah. know, I think that he's really like, you know, he lived in the character and I, I can understand the idea that this is his, you know, day one of year two, if it's not year one. Uh, but, you know, so he's still figuring out who he is, but I don't know. It was just like, I thought he was such a good Batman that the, the chasm between his portrayal of Batman and Bruce Wayne was uh, my disappointment. I, um, I like, I think it was intentional. That, yeah. I think I, you might be right. Yeah. I like and, the fact that he was uncomfortable as Bruce Wayne. That he wasn't like the, his actual face was, yeah. was something he wasn't comfortable showing. And I loved how uncomfortable he was in that funeral scene. And even like being vulnerable as himself is something that he wasn't used to because he's used to putting the mask on and being able to kind of take on this character that can attack all of his bad guys and, and can kind of like we all do that we all like kind of like imagine that we have a yeah. part of ourselves that can beat uh all of our obstacles and everyone that we're up against but when it comes to being stripped bare it's it's much scarier and i think that matt reeves was was playing a lot not just with the noir style but the idea of having a shadow self yeah you guys I, continue we, this part of the conversation well uh, i'll be right back sorry i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I did not love the scene where he was waiting to talk to Falcone and he's like his head was down with his hair dripping first of all why is it always raining in Gotham I'm guessing there was a deleted scene where a hurricane came in and just <laughs> like never explained why yeah. every day for six days straight it was raining it would have again it would have made sense if it was like oh this hurricane's coming that's also why it was riddler's plan to blow up the seawall because there would already be a i'm bunch thinking of that was a deleted scene because that's what bumped me too it's like why was this such a big deal and it was not portrayed at all and i think it was and i, I want to go back and see if it was in a newscast earlier that like they kept like saying and i just didn't catch it yeah, well, it, they needed that. But it, that scene where he's just like with his head down, I get I what you're saying makes a lot of sense. But it just seeing that scene just invoked old school Twilight Robert Pattinson with the emo shit. Emo vibes. Just like, yeah. Oh, my God. No, you are taking me out of this if, by acting like that. <laughs> if they follow yeah. through with it on uh, in a second movie. I, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I understand the purpose of it. Cause it's sort of like with man of steel. A lot of people were like, he's not even Clark. Kent. He's not. And it's like, well, it's actually the Clark Kent origin story more than it is a Superman story. And this yeah. it's a Bruce Wayne origin story, almost more than it is a Batman. In other words, Cause he's reevaluating how he's going to go about doing this. And it's obviously a balance. And now he's going to be nice Batman holding people's well, hands as they get flown up on helicopters. Well, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the transition from, I think this was a, a movie about healing and how to heal from pain because I don't know a single character that wasn't healing from something from 20 years ago, some sort of, whether it was Catwoman, which we need to talk about Bruce Wayne, um, 
uh, Riddler even being one of the kids, like everyone was healing from something from a trauma that these old white dudes had put them through, which is what mm. our generation is going through. And I think the rain not only is a, a very big noir trick. Um, the, a lot of this movie was had a lot of noir style um, elements to it that aided in the film, whether you're, you're it's the literal theme of light versus shadow and you're using a lot of shadows and the red as it was like a, a replacement for all of the white light that's normally there in the black and white. You have a consumed or obsessed detective that is that can go between the, the world up above and the world down below. Mm. You have a lot of these kind of noir style elements, so like the voiceover that you mentioned earlier. Rain is one of those elements that is a noir style element. Yeah, I just thought it was in the movie just for aesthetic and mood i don't know if it to me i was like i don't really this is moody batman movie this fucking of course it's all gonna be in the rain at the end i think when you have rain throughout the entire thing and then the seawall comes down and then he hears his own line get thrown back at him with i am vengeance and he realizes he can't be that like i don't know if there's any more of a here's our theme i'm gonna wrap you on the head with it then when he goes into the water and he gets reborn and it's almost like a rebaptism, and then he's a new Batman baptism. with the baptism, baptism. Being, the being the light and getting out of the shadows. And it was like, that was a rebirth and renewal was a theme in this movie. So mm. they all kind of tied together the theming with the way it was shot with the genre that they chose with how deep the conspiracy went. There was major, major conspiracy movie vibes. I'm thinking all the president's men, if you haven't seen that movie, mm -hmm. I think was a major, major influence on this one. Um, and doing a very complicated conspiracy theory story with a very simple cinematic storytelling vibe. Yeah. He's, he referenced with Zodiac Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves has Zodiac a lot as yeah. a movie as yeah. a big influence for both the Riddler and sort of the style of this of this movie, like which is cool. I mean that I like uh, I like that. I, I actually I know some people thought his performance was too big, but honestly, it was like that's perfect for me. I by like some by really. some people, you mean me? No, a lot of even my friends. I talked to them over the weekend. Yeah. They were like, he was okay. I was like, I thought he was great. I needed someone yeah. to go all Aldano? the fucking way, 110%. Yeah. I didn't care. Right. Because no, I that... haven't seen a cool Riddler in a Batman movie in, since Jim Carrey. Since so Jim Carrey. I appreciated that he was like, and especially when it cuts to him in the video, he's like, hey guys, um, I just want to thank you guys for sticking <laughs> around. And then he builds back into his persona. Yeah. I was like, that's a very, that's like no. a very her human thing to do is not always be on and you kind of forget. And then you're like, oh shit, I got to be, be my yeah. person. Like, my. I literally had a roommate in college where he was like, he was a nice kid, but it was just like, you know, he just was a bit intense on some things. Yeah. And then we had this, we had like a single suite. So everybody had their own room, but it was a suite. So there was like six people in this like overall suite. And so he had his own room and there would be times where he'd have his door closed and he would be going on these rants, like, and getting louder and louder and just be like, Rah! And the rest of us would like come out of our rooms and like, you know, give exchange glances like, oh, shit, like, what is this going to end? It? I mean, it never resulted in right. anything. He was always super nice to us. I don't know anything that happened with this guy. 
but it was just like one of those you'd start hearing this guy start ranting in his room and all nobody ever wanted to say anything to him about it but we'd all just like wordlessly exchange looks like oh shit it's very possible he had an undiagnosed <laughs> mental illness and maybe yeah. now he's on his medication and is living a, a, a fit and free lifestyle yeah the yeah. the comment that i made to will uh after we saw the movie was specifically the scenes with him in the interrogation room i think that for paul dano's process it's good that Matt Reeves let him go and do some of that and just some of the yelling. I mean, people were laughing in the audience and it wasn't supposed to be funny. And just personally, I was like, yeah, there's a couple of moments where uh, you should let him do that in the moment, but then you don't, you don't put it in the movie when he's like, ah, 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 you know, like that stuff. It was like, uh, it got cartoony, but <laughs> I did love what Will talked about. The, the like, Oh, Hey everybody. You know, that's like him on his YouTube channel, like yeah. smash that yeah. like button, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, but I, I did like this portrayal of, uh, you know, a character who, you know, usually has a lot of questions, uh, you know, and, and either a leotard or a sport coat. And the, the yeah, the Zodiac theme is, is you know, the influence of the film, the Zodiac. And it definitely has a very seven vibe, you know, in terms yeah. of especially when they go into his house and. I'm not saying it's derivative of either of those movies, but you just feel kind of the the inspiration it there. Uh, it's a little okay. It's fine. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell. You, I'm not gonna. Not gonna fight you. On it. I feel like he, also, he he said they they were inspirations for him. Okay. So I don't yeah, think they, he that's did. wrong to say that it has that vibe. And it's what's wrong with. I mean, I, I, all art is imitation at this point. We're right. We we're too far into art for things to be wholly original. Like the Batman theme was yeah. definitely, I think Michael Giacchino said it, it uh, the, the theme was Imperial March inspired. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, let's uh, jump in for a second because I see this in the chat. Kimmy Egan, who's the better Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz or Michelle Pfeiffer? First of all, uh, well, she also says my favorite is still Eartha Kitt. Because I was like, you have to consider Julie Newmar and Lee Merriweather if you're going to yeah. talk about all of the Catwomen who came before. And we're just, we're just going to ignore Anne Hathaway or the kid from uh, Gotham, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, go back and watch that movie. I, it does not hold up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that portrayal is uh, you fall out a window and you're bitten by a bunch of cats. Uh, no, it, I, that's not strong. Uh, uh, no, she was scratched by them. It's correct. Right. I thought they licked, licked her and gave her superpowers. I'm sorry. You're right. No, they did a little uh, like kneading thing. Yeah, <laughs> a little march. Their sandpaper tongues turned um, her into a superhuman. I, I did want to talk about Zoe Kravitz because I thought uh, I thought she was great. great, sort of you know pre cat suit, and then also you know once we but did get her it look like suit. she was crying in like almost every scene? Yes, maybe it was the rain, <laughs> but true. it did look like she was like I very mean, you know. Look, John Turturro, if John Turturro killed my mom, I'd probably be pretty upset. You know. Okay, yeah, the, that's know. fair. Yeah, so if, her, if, if her if Herb Stemple killed my mom, uh, I would probably be pretty upset. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. That I'm trying to think. I'm like, is there a time where she looked like she wasn't crying? And she was legitimately crying sometimes. She was legitimately crying, which you know that takes a lot, especially with you know how big those sets are, and you know. Yeah. I, I also well, thought that they were good together. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I I I never felt like perfect chemistry between Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway. I don't feel yeah. like it was bad, but it wasn't like, it was like, to, it, that was yeah. kind of a weird, yeah. 
That's why when like it like at the end when they Cats run off together, biscuits. yeah, like that part I I didn't like. Oh, I'm like so of all the times where Batman could run away with someone, this is the one where he does it. I'm like, really? But um, what did you think, Jeff? Of uh, of the motorcycle bye bye was the worst part. That movie needed. To I did end. agree with that. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was so great. dumb. It was so dumb. Uh, the whole thing was dumb. They needed to end the movie with the like letting the person go as they're flying away. That needed to be the end of this movie because everything that happened after it only made the movie worse and is what left the bad taste in my mouth that made me focus on the things I wasn't enjoying about the movie. Wait a minute. Speaking of bad taste and enjoying the movie, did you have popcorn during the movie? Oh, yeah. It's funny. You mentioned how you waited because I did the opposite. Mine was done by the end of the previous trailer. I didn't know Cinemark's policy on refills. So uh, I I also had to take that into consideration. Uh, But yeah, I, 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 you're you're definitely right about the ending. Uh, but I, let's uh, I, I want to stay on uh, Catwoman for a second before we talk more about the ending. But uh, Will, what did you think about these two? I, I I felt like the scenes that they were, you know, when they were on screen together, I did think mm. that they were great. But I really liked Zoe Kravitz. Um, yeah. And so when they when she was cast, I was like, oh, that's I got. What's cool about I will say what's cool about this is there's a lot of elements of this movie that did feel almost animated series inspired, which was really cool. And I got more of like an animated series kind of Catwoman Batman dynamic, or even I mean, it is a little bit even more accurate to the comic books, which they do have this sort of like they've tried it in other movies like Batman Returns and even Dark Knight Rises, but they're like will they won't they romance? Like this is the time where it actually felt appropriate and like earned um and the fact that she's not doesn't start as like a full-blown villain and then they gotta make her like chaotic good she's just kind of like already that person which saves honestly that just saves time like nobody cares about her being a super villain because everybody knows she's not so like um no i thought it was a i don't know i thought it was a i thought it was a good portrayal and that uh uh it makes it more it does feel more grounded, you know, and her like doesn't need the little mask. Of course, she's got the little cat ears and whatever and her weird like uh, hood thing. But, yeah, I mean, we, we yeah. could have we could have used the 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 return of uh, Christopher Walken, though. Oh, no, it's Catwoman. You know, I mean, we still could have had that. But uh, that's probably the advantage. But we had Batman Returns. Penguin instead, which we really need to talk about. We should talk about Penguin. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's... I did want to say, though, I enjoyed yeah. Zoe Kravitz. I didn't yeah. like the bye-bye scene, but the rest no. of it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought well, she was really good. I just, I didn't think it, I don't know. I wasn't blown away by their, their chemistry. Would you Wait a minute. Have appreciated- when he's holding her to stop her from like from when the from protecting her from the I think I I don't know who I was sitting next to. I was sitting next to one of my friends, but when the security guy came in after they fought and he was like holding her to like like sh- like don't and I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is ha- this is on. This is on like Donkey Kong. Like, this is this is on. It's going to happen." I think the only thing missing from the motorcycle bye-bye was maybe the uh the song bye-bye-bye who I believe is by is from in sync. But yes. Uh, yes, I also is. could be I also could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I think that don't want to uh, be a fool for you. It's interesting that uh, Penguin is not the villain in this film, but uh, he gets a lot of screen time, but deservedly so. I think uh, Colin Farrell is, I mean, 
I'm sure he's made bad movies. I tend to have not seen those. He's usually very good in what I have seen. Uh, and I think that uh, this was a great part for him. And, uh, you know, look, when you have a, a comic book character, you do want to play it big, but there's a fine line. And I think that uh, I think he walked it really well. I think it was a, a great character. And uh, I will mention my personal annoyance during the car chase scene, which again is right out of, uh, you know, it's right out of the French connection. So you want to like find all the movies that uh, he put together that uh, are his favorite movies is there's a four times where they cut to him and he's yelling, get out of the way. And I'm like, just, you don't have any alt lines that you can throw out there and try and let him do something. It's just like, have him don't just have him don't say anything. I was just like, is he going to say get out of the way that many times? And, and, you know, I've never been in a high speed chase with Batman. So maybe I would. I've but, been in traffic and I have yelled that God, who knows how many multiple times. times. I mean, yeah. it took me it took me 26 minutes to go the last three miles to that movie theater on that <laughs> night. So uh, I, I I could relate to I, uh, uh, I Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. Yeah. Four well, five I, meeting in that area going north or south is like never a great time. Yeah, As I don't. I don't I, yeah, we'll see where we can meet next time. We'll, we'll yeah. try and come maybe up with Burbank. something better. Regardless of the movie, maybe Robert Pattinson will still introduce it. Yeah, Even if we go see will. like Encanto 2, maybe Robert Pattinson will be like, <laughs> He'll just be there hey, enjoying it's it. It's me, Robert Pattinson. I'm here to introduce a movie. <laughs> I'm so I'm glad we got Jack. the impression. I'm a British actor. Look at me. Well, uh, Kate, you wanted to uh, to steer things towards the Penguin, the March oh, of I the just, Penguin. I so, just didn't want to no. ignore the fact that he was awesome. No, I know. So let's talk about what was so awesome about the penguin. I think that I it's the best makeup I've seen in a very long time in, in terms of like realistic prosthetics. Yeah, almost and, as good as Jigsaw in the third Punisher movie. Almost as good as that, but this is not quite. Third yet. Punisher movie? You mean the second one, Warzone? So the first Punisher movie stars so Dolph big. Lundgren. Oh, okay. The second oh, one stars uh, Thomas Jane. Who, who, uh, How to... dare we question? I'm pretty yeah. sure Christian Dolph Lundgren's Blatt. only a universal soldier. <laughs> I think you might be right, but he also will break you. Anyway, so yes, the makeup uh, was very well done. But uh, go from there, Kate. I just I I I I liked it was I wasn't when I first heard he was in this movie I was like really okay, and then I saw him and I was like really okay, and then I watched it. And I could not take my eyes off of him. The way he inhabited that character so fully, it wasn't cartoony. And I did like there's like there was like one moment when they had his feet tied and he did the little penguin waddle. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice little like, you know, yeah. we have cartoony funny moments in this very not cartoony funny film. Um, in a way that like Batman Begins and uh, um, and when I say maybe when I say relies on Alfred, it's not just for like smarts, but it's for like banter. For jokes, yeah. For There's jokes. always somebody for jokes. There's always yeah. somebody making a joke in the in the uh, the Christian Nolan one. Not What's Christian the point Nolan. of all those bloody push-ups if you can't lift a log? The bloody log. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair question. I would ask him the same thing. I'd be like, "What, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? you You're doing? Batman. You've got muscles. You're Batman. Come on." But I, I, and I like that he wasn't a major player. I mean, I, I think we got people when they aren't major players, which is, you know, whether it's, you know, getting an, a slight origin of Catwoman where she's not a supervillain. Like we're dealing with the conspiracy of Gotham's elite itself and that all of these supervillains are results of that. Um, and so we're getting consequences right out of the gate, but not like, you know, 
the cartoonish, like overblown, like, you know, um, the police are asking Batman to help with a, a thing they can't solve. It's like, it's all ingrained and all embedded in everyone's fallout basically. Mm. Um, and I, I liked that the penguin wasn't a major player that like they were, they were accused that the thing that they were accusing him of is wanting to become a major player. And so he did this whole other thing. And then I did like how he was just like, am I the only one who knows Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was actually nice. So I was just like, yo dude. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, Good Jeff what did you think of uh, El Pinguino? He was definitely one of the easy bright spots of the movie. Him and Jeffrey Wright, I think yep. their acting was just phenomenal, unimpeachable. I can't tell you a scene they did that I didn't like. Um, I thought this was a really good role for him because I feel like he got to go a little crazy and he's always the best when he gets to do a little bit dip into the crazy for me, Colin Farrell. I love like when he gets to be a little bit more loose as a character. Um, again, I, I agree with the prosthetic part. prosthetics. I, I even thought it was really clever the way they made the scar on his lip, make it look almost like he had a beak nose when you'd look at him straight on. I thought that was incredible. That was yeah. really ingenious. Yeah. There's just a lot of little things like that that were great. But this also reminds me of one of the problems that I had, or that just didn't make any sense to me. And it's when Catwoman is talking to Carmine and then invokes her mom's name before she shoots at him. Like he didn't know who her mom was because through that entire point, I was under the impression based on everything he did that he knew that was his kid. And so if he knew that was his kid, why would he not know who her mom was so it just didn't make any sense why that happened. I, I do agree with you in that up until that moment, I assumed, you know, that it was like he looked after her enough where it was like he made sure she had a job and stuff like that. You know what I but mean? Even but, the dismissing of everybody else from the room, the way yeah. he did that and the way yeah. he yelled at his lackey who came in, that was, hey, this is my daughter. Like, you don't interrupt. Yeah. No, I agree. That is inconsistent. Yeah. So it just didn't make sense. It also is weird, but it's also like, this is where I would be like, eh, is that she was like on the edge of like being homeless. Yeah. I would want what? my daughter as close to me as possible. And but what if it was her. your illegitimate daughter, which, uh, uh, you know, I'd um, still but... make sure she's taken care of. So you're saying that you're a better person than a crime boss? Is Probably. that what you're trying to do, convince us? I, I, I've but, never, but, I've never but, felt that way. I've, like known you for, Fett, I've known be... you for about a year now, and I've never felt that, that you were better yeah. than any crime boss. No, no. you'd be a Boba Fett crime well, boss. You're just really nice. You know. <laughs> That's true. You are a Boba Fett crime boss. You're yeah, very you nice. <laughs> it was, they, they did a whole, the way they played it, though, the, when we first have Carmine meet Catwoman, you go, yeah. oh, he's sexually interested in her, and that's uncomfortable because she doesn't seem like she likes that. And then, like right? Because it's like there's this really familiar relationship where you go, like, yeah. uh-oh, yucky. No, yeah. And then fair. later you find out, oh, he's her dad. And so you go, oh, actually, that informs those scenes where you go, oh, she just doesn't like him, but he's actually just being like, hey, you're my kid. Nice to see you. And then we come back to like, uh, my mom was this lady. And it was just, I don't know. It really didn't make sense to me. I 
So those are, those are like twisty, turny convenience things where it's like, hey, we got to get it somewhere. So she's pissed. So she tries to kill him. So Batman stops her from killing him. So we'll just, we'll do it here. Like, I'll just do it here. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, she could have just said, I know scene. you killed my mom. Exactly. I know that it wasn't something else. That's I, all she did had to she say. Did she say that I was her kid or did she yeah, say she this just was said, for... This is hi for, or like hello from, and then she said her mom's name. That was what I remember. Maybe I'm misremembering it. It sounds the way I remember it. I think we have to see the movie again. Let's all go. Well, I guess Jeff. I'm not going to sit in the theater that long anymore. I'm going to wait for it. (laughs) You're going to wait for it. It's uh, another six hours out of my day. You're going to wait for it to be cut up into 65 chapters. I'm I'm going to wait for the seven hour version on HBO Max. The trailers. (laughs) That'll be great. (laughs) The Snyder cut of all the movies. The Uh, full year's worth of footage version. (laughs) Yeah. Will, I was uh, I was going to uh, reference Chinatown. She's Mm. you know, she's my sister. She's my daughter. But you had the the better, more black cast reference, of course, from the Miami connection. What was it that you said? She said my mom is Maria Kyle. Okay. Oh, yeah. Maria Kyle. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wow. You watched the whole movie again right there in those few seconds. That was very impressive, Kate. Thanks. No, it's Ivan. uh, I got help from the chat. Thank you, chat. Oh, oh, so you're cheating. He passed you a note. No, I'm chatting. How how can we say that he's reliable? Uh, Will, weigh in on uh, Oswald Cobblepot. And uh, does he give give Danny DeVito a run for his money? No. Okay. Danny DeVito's the best. <laughs> the best everything. I really like Danny DeVito as the penguin, only because of the way that he's cap he's caught in the end where he's trying to control the car and he just replays. Oh. I played this freaking city like a harp from hell. That's just always been a great line that I've loved. And when I mean, that is a pretty fish, good line. Yeah. yeah. He's just so gross. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Uh no, Colin Farrell. I mean, it was great. Of course, Rum it was great. I, I think it'd be hard to find somebody who was like that was the most bullshit part of the movie. I was reading this morning about the makeup and how that was uh not the original plan. He's like Matt Reeves said when we cast Colin Farrell, he was not supposed to look like this. Uh, but the makeup designer did like a cast of his head, and he went in to see it, and was like, "What the fuck is that?" And he's like, "That's what it, that's what he can that's what he can look like." He's like, there's no way if this is people are going to see the makeup. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when even makeup is like supposed to be amazing, it's like you can still clearly see it's just like a person under there. Uh, But I guess the makeup designer was like, no, no. Like, I fucking swear to God, I promise no one will be able to tell. And he was right. You know, they did a good job. You know, in those early trailers, everyone was like, wait, that's Colin Farrell. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely didn't. It didn't pinch or bend in weird ways like there's stupid silly makeup things or costume design things that for some reason i just can't get over like rosario dawson as ahsoka tana with the bends in her headpiece because they're bent naturally because it's just heavy like latex and foam or whatever i'm like that really bothers me for some reason because i could i'm seeing so clearly a fault of the wardrobe or makeup so it was cool that this was one of the very few times interesting because too i mean you can fix things like that you know in the the falcon and winter soldier the the cowl that they have for him every time he turned it stuck out so they did Just cgi digitally. to make it so that it stayed on his face so yeah you can fix stuff like that right. i mean in this right. day and age you the shouldn't same have the studio problems. fixed margot robbie's butt what, what, what in, was wrong with Marco? Oh, they made her shorts shorter. Squad, the they made her shorts shorter. Well, that was like yeah. a whole thing for the first one, right? For the first Suicide Squad, they made her shorts yeah. shorter. Yeah, they, that was like oh. they spent millions of dollars shortening her shorts. Wow. After effects, <laughs> that's like when wow. they uh, they spent 
what seems like about $2,000 in the film Hudson Hawk to give Bruce Willis hair throughout the whole thing. <laughs> no, this is the best one, though, is uh, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, Army Hammer had to have his testicles removed from the from all of the short shots because they were peeking out. So someone had to look at that. Did they really? They did. You know he. You know he was like these shorts are too long. I need shorter shorts. People might need to see yeah. mine. It's a gay movie. You know. Yeah. Know and, people might. I'll and, bomb somebody uh, up at the end of it. No, Sam Has Wilson's lady cowl, fingers. not not John Walker's cowl. It's in the uh, that's from Ivan Soto asking about uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. It's in the uh, the making of whatever they call those on Disney Plus. Uh, oh yeah, but yeah. So and yeah, I mean, little tidbits like that are usually pretty uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, so we mentioned him in passing. Let's uh, let's talk about Jim Gordon. Uh, what did you think? I'll ask you first, Will. I I love that Jeff loved him. I actually thought he was just like okay, like. I don't know why he and Batman had the same voice. Every time they were in the scene together, like, what do you think of this? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think? Well, maybe it's, it. it's a thumb drive. I see. I'll put it in the laptop. Like, they were just having a fucking gruff voice off. Like, 90% of the characters are like, hey, I'm Oz. Good to see you. I was like, this, is fucking everybody in Gotham a weird voice person? Like, oh, feel cool. Yes. Hey, you doing? You coming to the club? I'm like, can anyone just fucking show up and say the words? I thought only Batman was supposed to have the Batman voice. Uh, I he he was fine. I mean, I love Jeffrey Wright. There was nothing wrong with the performance, but I definitely thought it was a little felt a little put on for me that he was like making a more gruff. And I was like, I kind of want him I to feel like just. That's his normal voice, though. But that I wanted him to be the voice. grounding the grounding presence for Batman. I thought he was the grounding like a, presence. I, did I, I felt like a thing? Batman off, and ironically, he's voicing the Batman in that one podcast. That's uh, funny. So. Uh, He's good. Nope. Nothing is bad in this movie. There are things that for me, I was just like, this is, I felt fine. like everyone was in the same world. So it was okay. I, I do understand. Stood, it wasn't point. like, it wasn't like dark Knight rises. And then and you're like, what the hell? So it's like, if everyone was in the same world and Bane was in the same world, it would be fine. And we wouldn't I, be making fun of the voice so hard. I think but you're like, right. Everyone in the if, Batman, like they knew. And that was Matt Reeves. If, if he was the world. If he I was too sunny, it's a mistake. If he was like, "Hey, Batman, what do you think we should do now?" Like, I like yeah, that everybody's right. opinion of my criticism is like, "Well, what do you want it to be? 180 degrees the other yes. way?" Like, I'm Jim Gordon. It's like, no, I just kind of want to talk. Oh, but you know who is great? Just, just in a counter to your point, like to add to your point, and it's not everybody. That one guy who's the like little baby detective who's just like, "Hey, it's Bruce Wayne." Oh, hey, Batman. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like the guy okay so do you remember the guy in the fu- at the funeral scene yeah when yeah. batman like, hey, shows up and it's like yeah. hey we're looking for this guy he hasn't been around in like four days and then there's that one cop in the background he's like hey it's bruce wayne oh the dude with the mustache who's the at the riddler's the place he's like and then he goes here, back batman? to riddler's house and he's just like freeze yeah See, what's up batman yeah. But it was a Wahlbergy kind of character it's so good. oh yeah. hey batman how yeah, you batman, doing how's it going he's supposed to martha yeah. The general, like the right, I thought one of the themes that I thought uh, was supposed to be prevalent in this movie is he's not anyone's hero at the start of the movie. Like, yeah, nobody likes him, nobody at all. Only Jim Gordon likes him pretty much in the entire city. Everyone thinks he's an a hole except Jim Gordon. 
And then that's why, to her point, after the baptism, he's going over to help some people. And they're like, when the, are you going to punch us? Because I'm pretty sure you just punch people. And then he actually like helps them out in this really simple yeah. way where I'm like, you guys could have gotten out of there on your own. Yeah, and then leads them with the flair. And that's supposed to be like, oh, people actually like him and trust him now. Now he's a hero to people instead of just a guy who punches other people. Yeah, the right. sequence with the subway, I think, does a really good job you know setting that up it's like he rescues this guy and he's like don't hurt me Please you know and me. i think that uh you're right uh to uh to will's point ivan soto says what was with the voices in this movie like the commissioner the police chief and uh falcone uh and i do ivan, agree yes, that, i saw you said that earlier and yes and and Roll yeah back. i mean i think that uh there's there's different way i i don't know i mean i think that like gary oldman's delivery of jim gordon you know it's like you just felt like that i feel more like that's the way he talks with an american accent so yeah. obviously that's part of it but i don't know i mean did jeffrey red always talk like this like on westworld yeah yeah all right then i the i don't know dispatch he sounds like that and in the, and, oh, yeah, and, in the uh, and back, he absolutely what if he sounds, sounds like, like that this. yeah well yeah because he's the watcher so yeah um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I, I liked him. I think it's, uh, it's a good portrayal. We'll s clearly see more of him. Yeah. Um, did I we ever actually get JK Simmons as commissioner Gordon, by the way, it was, but it was like, what, not much though. Right. No, it was like, yeah. So I think uh, what we, we can say for these movies, regardless of if you like the world that Chris Nolan built or the world that Matt Reeves built, it's their two separate things. And they're almost, the only thing that we can compare them to is they both have Batman in it. And it's like, but it's a different, just like the comic books have spanned years, it's like, which version of Batman are we focusing on? And yeah. so like, the the world that Chris Nolan built was very, very complete and very, very tight and had a very specific lens to it, whether it's all of the characters talking in a similar bantery fashion, there, it's a little bit more clear. The voice is a little more out. It's a little bit more bright. Um, so you can see things. The coverage that they do is pretty is pretty simple so that you can get the, the meat of the scene very quickly as opposed to Matt Reeves, which had a very distinct visual style um, and auditory style. Nolan was um, also limited by the fact that he wanted to shoot as much of Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises with IMAX cameras as possible. Yes. And shooting coverage for those things. And like those cameras were just so fucking big. I think they're, they're smaller now. But they were so big at the time that it was like, I remember seeing it, even Batman vs. Superman too, in IMAX, and it would just snap back and forth yeah. between 35 and 70. And I think that like for him, he just wanted to try to use that, expand the IMAX shit as much as possible. So that whole China sequence, even more than it probably existed for budgetary reasons for Christopher Nolan, he's like, well, fuck it. We could shoot this whole thing with IMAX cameras then. So let's do that. Yeah, and like that, that's a scene that's just exists almost to be like this beautiful 70 millimeter shot. Uh, Will, according to Ivan Soto, I think you would fit in well in Gotham because uh, Gotham here as well is the city of mustaches. So that is something we shouldn't discount that, Will. I think that's, right. that's, uh, that's my Jim Gordon wow. impression. <laughs> By the way, uh, I, I would have you read for Jim Gordon. I mean, if, if oh. Benjamin McKenzie can play Jim Gordon, how is it that, that Will Sterling can play? The mustache. I would play yeah. it really like Batman. I'd be like Wahlberg. I would you be can... Wahlberg. Hey, where's it? Hey, Batman, it's me, Jim Gordon. How you doing? <laughs> I can be I can be a blonde Batman. Why you not text me back? Kilmer, and I because I've got the emotional issues to portray a Batman. Right? <laughs> That's like true. Deep seated anger. <laughs> I would be the Catwoman that's like, let's not, and then say we did. 
Yeah, but you would like that big old bag of money. I mean, come on, you know, who does, what Catwoman doesn't want that? You I, know? I just marry a billionaire. Why don't we get the animated there. version of Batman's Catwoman where she's already independently wealthy and steals just to find her cat yeah. reserve? I, I like that. play Scarface, the very scared, scared little bald man who has the puppet on his hand. Yes. Oh, Mr. Are we going to get Croc Killer? Killer Croc? We got a job to do. In the second one? I hope not. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. I'm sure it doesn't fit in the universe, but maybe maybe the this whole city's is underwater of... right now. Ooh, wait, what's that doctor who figures out Bruce Wayne is Batman? And he's Thompson? like a psychiatrist. Doctor Oz. No. Or is it Hugo Strange? Hugo, Hugo Strange. Strange. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's I a like, Hugo Strange. I liked my answer. Yeah, but you can't have a Doctor Strange in a in a Batman movie at this no, point. It's call too, you, Hugo. you just call him Hugo. Doctor yeah. Hugo. Doctor Hugo. Yeah. Well, you know, in terms of uh, other movies and other characters, uh, there, uh, you know, Ivan very much does not like the scene at Arkham uh, because of the reveal. And uh, you know, Will, we were sitting sure. there, and and yeah. you looked it up. Uh, that actor is uh, Bar- Barry Keegan or Barry Kogan? Keegan. Barry yeah. Keegan. You uh, one did not see Eternals, and uh, oh, is he uh, in you that? know, yeah, he's yeah. in that, but also he's in uh, 1917, the Christopher Nolan oh. movie. Oddly enough, no. So Dunkirk he... is the Nolan one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my. Yeah. It's Sam Mendes. Right. I got my. I got my WWE. The Sacred confused. Beer. He plays yeah. the weird kid who's yeah. weird. Yeah, but you're right. It was Dunkirk with Colin Farrell. Yeah, that movie was so weird, and it made no sense. What was that movie called? I don't think the Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's basically like Colin Farrell's a drunk surgeon, and Perry Barry Kogigo is uh, some kind of weird jerk who's apparently also God because just for no explanation he has supernatural powers. Oh, and that just bothered the hell out of me in that movie because it's supposed to be so realistic, except. He has supernatural powers with no Batman. origins or explanations. So Matt Reeves has Batman. said that he doesn't have plans to use the Joker in the next movie. But then yeah. it's like, well, why is that scene in there? When and I guess like, there were two scenes. So he cut one of them. And mm-hmm. I was reading that he did he did test screenings where he had cut both joker scenes and he put this one back in because he felt no. like it gave the audience something but it's like no nope. why do you cast an actor that people know who it is if you're not going to use it again and uh if he uses it again i would say just the you know not in the next one you could get to it later i i don't i don't need the joker right now i mean i didn't yes. i i thought that the uh joaquin phoenix movie was very yeah. well made but i didn't need joker at that time either uh i'm not saying that I didn't like the movie. It was just like before it came out. I was like, well, I think they're going to tease the Joker for a little bit. I don't think he's going to show up in the next one. I think yeah. we're going to get court of owls in the next one. Uh, Ivan wants to know if that. I, if I believe Matt Reeves, uh, I, I don't, I think no. that he will definitely use the Joker and I'm sorry. Uh, who did I speak over? Jeff, did I talk over you? I'm sorry. I what was talking you? over you. So, <laughs> oh yeah. So, all right. So Jeff, I'm waiting for my apology. <laughs> I apologize. Thank you. I uh, don't love it. When a filmmaker is like, we made one movie. We didn't make it with the intention to make other. I mean, I have a trilogy plan, but we didn't make it with the intention, <laughs> yeah, to make other movies. This movie really stands alone on its own, even though we it's it's so, disingenuous uh, in this age. I fucking yeah, when it's it. a franchise, and you well, know it's a franchise. Like, you just have don't to, don't lie. You have to appreciate George Lucas in this sense of like, no, it's not just one movie. I have nine. 
Uh, yeah. Exactly. Would, you like, would you like to hear about them? Like, oh, no. Okay. No. To be fair, Star Wars just started out as a singular film. No, I know, but he yeah. he mapped out the story, and then he decided, I want this one snippet to be the first movie. So he had it all, and uh, you know. But uh, I know what you're saying. That by the time it was out, he was like, "Oh, you, you want any more? You want so a, you want a Christmas special? It's awesome." It feels like actors and writers slash directors are now just trying to one up each other when it comes to the Joker. Like everybody wants to play him and everybody wants to put him in their movie because they all think they could do the more definitive, better version of the Joker. And we all know that that's not true. And we need to fucking take a break for a while. It's that only also, Cesar Romero. Yes, correct. The mustache. If this next, if Barry Kogan, Keegan, Keegan. doesn't have a mustache with paint over it. Nope. I'm not doing it. How about not, Will's not going to see it? No. How about this for an idea? Since this first one started on Halloween and we had some murders, what if we find out in the background it was the start of the long Halloween? I mean, yeah. Kind of what they were pseudo adapting already. But well, then it only lasted. They were six pseudo adapting days Hush as well, which definitely flashed on the screen at one point. Hush? Well, uh, yeah. Element, that would, that would have been the son of the reporter that his dad killed. So they've still set that mm-hmm. up. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and it's and Thomas Hush Elliot is the is the Catwoman Batman romance. It's the main kind of like I wanna I wanna bring some uh, real world uh, observation in here from Dominica Saxon. Most theater goers don't know all the hundreds of Batman villains, so they stick to the ones the public knows and would want to see. I mean, there's a reason why we get the Joker so often. I can understand that, you know. And it's, you know, you can talk about Nicholson, you can talk about Heath Ledger, you can talk about Matt, uh, Mark Hamill. I must call him Matt Hamill, but you know who I mean. His brother Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just hey. an insurance salesman named Matt Hamill. Yeah. Up, I, Matt? I, and I also and I do the same voice for the Hobgoblin that I do for the uh, for the Joker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, and uh, I and I the think... Flash film that's basically the Joker. The trickster. Yeah. The trickster. Oh, the trickster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. He, Before that was he also voiced that was Joker, also Mark actually, Hamill. Yeah. yeah. He voiced he voiced the Joker after he played the trickster, and then the new Flash series brought him back as an older trickster. That it was, was the cool. Best, it was the best episode of the flash that ever happened it he was, was old man cool. trickster he, he was came... old man trickster you okay That's cool. i'm gonna find it it's the best he came to my college uh and Who i was at mark hamill mark hamill i've always been a big flash fan obviously and so i had that series that like on vhs tape when they were releasing yeah. his movies and so we they had a round of questions and of course my question was like what was it like playing the trickster in the flash and he just had this look on his face like oh fucking i forgot about that <laughs> and then was like, yeah, I played this trick, this character named the Trickster. So when they brought it back in the Flash, which is <clears throat> Wally West comic book accurate, uh, <laughs> there were two versions. There was an old one retired who uh, had kind of uh, turned to the, the light side and was helping the cops, and then there was a younger one. But they, I think they were both bad guys in this TV show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in. Uh, I think it's uh, the Flash, the CW Flash season one, episode seventeen. It's called Tricksters. It's a great oh. episode, and if you don't watch any other episode of the CW version of The I, Flash, watch watched, that one. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes of the CW Flash, and then I just had, the a, had a feeling of like, oh, I, I kind of so got good. it. He had a yeah. sidekick named Prank in The Flash TV yes, show. It's great. Yeah. Yes, he did. And he went viral. No, this is in the 90s one. <laughs> this is the 90s one. <laughs> so He went uh, a different kind of viral. I think that the, oh, gross. the point is <laughs> that we have the we have the Joker or some version of the Joker, whatever, in here for a reason. And, uh, you know, it was I, I remember at the end of uh, Batman Begins when he finds the card with the Joker. I'm like, oh, really? I was yeah. I was disappointed. I was like, really? We're going to go to the Joker. And, you know, Heath Ledger Joker is great. But I 
I don't even know that many Batman characters and I would still like to not always have the Joker, yes. but if they do the Joker, let's not, uh, let's not amazing Spider-Man to this. Let's not have him and a bunch of other villains. So if you're going to have the Joker, you should, because as someone who is more of an outsider, when it comes to Batman, for me, I, I feel like you've got the Joker in your rogues gallery and then your second best is there's a lot of space in between. I just think yeah. that the Joker is the best, most realized of these characters because uh, he just became the most so popular. popular. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, there, you know, there's a reason why he's probably, if I had to guess, I mean, I would say he's in half the episodes of the 66 TV series. He probably isn't. It just yeah. felt that way. Yeah. Know? I was, I the only one who thought that whatever Barry Keegan's voice was Barry was, QAnon. Yeah. Was genuinely not good i was like is this the before is this what he's gonna talk like i was just so annoyed that that scene was happening that it's like i just i wasn't his listening to his voice. voice i was like well I was just like stop let, let, let's try to explain for kate uh one of the regulars here on the show a regular topic is a character that we have that is similar to the joker's name is the mediocre uh, uh oh, do funny. you feel like if the mediocre had been in that scene and he had been speaking and he had been speaking to the Riddler. Do you think that that would have gone better, Jeff? Uh, for audiences or between the two of them? No, just for you. Oh, yeah, definitely better. <laughs> definitely better. Because just think about all the possibilities. He could have been like, hey, but what if you just like gave them the answer to the riddle? Then they couldn't solve it. That'd be the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> You just commit crimes and then give them the answers as to why you committed them. Like yeah. you, you don't get to figure this one out, it's Batman. Mystery. Ah. He gets to do nothing. <laughs> um, you get nothing. You lose. Hey, sir. What, Kate, what you did you drink think the about the lifting drink, Batman? <laughs> what did Kate? What did you think about the 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 semi Joker uh, reveal there at Arkham, which, uh, as we've established, uh, drove Ivan Soto crazy. <sighs> I we needed an ending to uh, okay how am I going to say this we needed a button to Riddler's failure and I feel like that's the best idea they came up with I'm not sure it was the best idea but we did need something to kind of what do you mean his failure <laughs> Because well, because the Riddler is stuck in Arkham and he's and the Riddler failed. The Riddler failed in his big task. I disagree. I'd say he was successful. His big task was killing a bunch of people and exposing the corruption of the city, which he did. Yeah, but but at the end of that film and at the end of that scene, it's you know he blew up everything and everything. But it's it's still it was it was to kill the mayor elect, which they didn't do. It was hushed. It was surprisingly, by the way, because it was a clean shot on her. And, very clean uh, shot. I and, was and, very and, surprised. And I was shocked at how well she did. So apparently, well, the it was also was none of those were really military. It's like you know, yeah, the, the, like the the yeah, insurrection. I think they were very inspired by that insurrection. Yeah. Uh, so you mean the us. you mean the uh, the Riddler's? Uh, but when he but the, when he the, go the Riddler's Q friends basically. It was very much basically the January sixth squad. Yeah, but it was also when you first hit the beginning of that scene and the end of that scene, the Riddler is in two different places. So as a scene, it's like we have to take the Riddler from one kind of headspace into a more, uh, into a different headspace. 
And instead of going from I was successful, no, I wasn't because Batman foiled me. They went from Batman foiled the ultimate goal, even though all of the pieces lined up and everything happened. You know, he also thought that Batman was on his side and he really wasn't. See, and, again, I thought the Batman lost and I thought that was the point, right? Because I thought, yeah, he was I a bad detective, you. he didn't solve the big things, which were the explosions. I'm talking about the scene. Okay. The where where the Riddler is at the beginning of that scene and where he is at the end. We needed a button on his story. We couldn't just leave him where Batman left him in Arkham. We needed another button. And I'm not sure they chose the right one. That's all I'm saying. Regardless of like what you think, if you think he failed, if you think he succeeded, at that moment in that scene, the way that they wrote it, the Riddler thinks that he failed. And at the well, end the, of that scene, he thinks he succeeded. To, to Kate's point, yeah, the, the Riddler didn't get exactly what he wanted. But to Jeff's point, he was successful, uh, you know, more so than a, a Batman villain uh, often is. But uh, I like what you were saying. sometimes your friends have to remind you that you were successful. Sometimes your friends are the Joker. But uh, <laughs> Jeff, I liked what you were saying, though, is that yeah. Batman was a bad detective. You know, it was like he figured out well, he figured out the the crossword puzzle, but really the the big thing, you know, he just didn't see it coming, and and no. the Riddler was surprised. I mean, talk a little bit about Batman's bad detecting. Me? Yeah, I uh, it was interesting. Like, so I felt like again, it was uh, all the scenes where you would normally think that either, and again, this is just comparing this to the other versions of Batman that I know. Batman would have it in the moment. Batman would have figured it out in the moment. Batman would have been like, what is this tool for? What's the origin of it? I see that it was used to murder, but like, what is it? If I don't know what this tool is, I should know what this tool is. Like, just like, because again, the simple inquiry of like, oh, that's a whatever to the Tucker. He immediately knows what to do to figure out more of the mystery. And that lack of curiosity is not, a good detective, not the world's greatest detective, which to me was always, we talk about Batman not having superpowers, or we talk about Batman relying on all his tech, which again, to me, the tech was always supposed to enhance what Batman's superpower was, which is like Iron Man. He's a genius. He's a brilliant human being. And then brilliant at using that to be a detective. He's brilliant at sussing out clues, brilliant at, finding the hidden meanings that was always what separated batman as like not just a hero but a superhero because you could have another detective who just you know walks the line but then you just have rorschach or you have the night owl where it's like they go do stuff but they're not batman batman is all of that wrapped into one that's what makes him so successful yeah but what we also have to be like he's on year two he's still learning how to do all this stuff yeah, for sure. He is cons- he is called the world's greatest detective. But I do. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's room for I mean, again, all of these things, including the Bruce Wayne thing and the detective thing, if these are not actually effectively addressed in the sequel, it subverts the movie. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, oh, I fuck. Agree. Now the first one's not as good because they didn't actually follow through on what the narrative should have been, where he's a more put together Bruce Wayne for appearance purposes and he's a better detective. He's more in the nitty gritty of that. Um so if there is that room for growth, then that then great. Yeah. But if it, they don't stick the landing on that, then it kind of fucks it up. What I mm-hmm. liked about this one versus the Chris Nolan ones and previous iterations is that like he doesn't have his, his shit together and no one really does. Like no one saw the end game coming because it's like we always think the bat when the bad guy is caught, it's over. Mm-hmm. 
and no one expects like there, there was other things happening. And I think, you know, maybe that's why they cut references to raining for seven days. And so the, the water line was higher and like, you know, they, they I, I think that they, I, I liked how people could solve like the puzzle that was in front of them, but not see the big picture. Mm. Cause the big picture wasn't, they were, it was like hyper-focus versus over-focus, which is a theme of the movie of right. Batman going, I'm hyper-focused on my goal versus, oh my God, I have to open up. Mm-hmm. But you did thought that the moment after he participates in getting with, uh, who was it? The mayor, whoever gets shot. Real, yeah. That yeah. he would have then gone, you know, I am not thinking ahead. I am only thinking about what's immediately in front of me and then thought it out too. And I, this was one of the things I, I forgot to write down, but I thought of. So we see a bunch of photos of people leaving that club. And ultimately that's looks like the exact same angle the shot, the, the rifle shot came from. So that was his apartment the whole time. And nobody thought to check that building after they saw the photos from that place. Yeah. That's that was my lazy detective too. work. Like this is the kind of shit Batman should have been going. What's the angle on this shot? Where was it taken from? When yeah. you see that area. It's almost like you can believe the GCPD uh, not figuring that out. But even after only one year of being Batman, you'd think that he would have at least thought of that or maybe, you know, Alfred nudges him and be like, hey, you want to yeah. go look for it? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. And there's also a part of the noir kind of I talked about earlier, and I think they used it a lot as their kind of base. It was a crutch at this point because of what we're talking about. Um, but the, the quality of an obsessed hero and when obsession is a detriment because he was so obsessed on one goal, he didn't think, oh, well, what if, where did this thing come from? And then he could have saved a bunch of people's lives because he was letting himself be spoon fed by these riddles. Um, and I think that's where growth can happen. Hopefully it will happen, but an obsessed hero and, and, the positives and negatives of obsession as a theme in, in noir filmmaking. And he's, it's certainly a theme in, in, in comic books. Yeah. He's such a bad tech detective that uh, as a kid, he couldn't detect his parents about to be murdered and then creating the whole scenario that makes him Batman and makes people want to get like, if he could have just detected that when he was eight, they could have yeah. solved everybody a whole bunch of stress and they wouldn't yeah. have had any of these bad guys. Yeah. So it's really moron. Batman's fault for being he such screwed a screwed up eight at year eight. Old. Yeah. He, yeah, he could have been a little smarter. I, yeah. I did like that they actually, you know, tackle the, you know, the Thomas and Martha Wayne story head on instead of, you know, saving it for another movie and probably never getting to it. You know, I thought, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that this idea probably isn't a new one. Uh, I think Will they're going to get a lot of background on the his parents and his mom in particular, because they're talking about doing an Arkham Asylum ghost stories type series. And if his mom is supposed to be an Arkham, likely it's going to be about the spirit of Arkham, which would be her like dad oh, or right. grandfather or whatever. And so we're going to find out about how her ancestor was started up Arkham and then murdered a bunch of people in Arkham. Yeah, the and one that feed they, into her background and why her the dad would need to cover it up. In when they yada, first yada, announced yada. this movie, they talked about it. They were going to do a GCPD series, but uh, Matt Reeves said, I think this week, uh, that they're actually not going forward with that for whatever reason. So they were going to do that for HBO Max, but uh, so there there's still a lot 
you know, stemming from. Oh this wow, movie. a DC series, a DC movie getting a DC series on HBO Max. That's not been done before. I mean, it. Uh, you know, before they used to all go to uh, DC Universe, and then uh, oh. now on HBO Max, people actually find them, I guess, and they actually spend a little money on them. Yeah, I suppose. Well, um, I didn't want to uh, overlook uh, because. Uh, as we talk about the movie, there's something that you focus on more than anybody I know, and you even referenced it earlier. What did you think of the score for this mm. movie? Because I know how much you love the Hans Zimmer score for the the Nolan movies, and uh, just in general, and when James it's a Jim good Howard, score, I'll leave him out of the first two. He didn't come so, back for Dark Knight Rises, but yes. oh, he didn't. He was in. No, he, he didn't. He, they co-scored it with. Uh, oh. There was the two of them. Batman. Begins. So I'm sorry. Who did he co-score with? I don't. James know. Newton Howard. Okay. Olivia um, Newton Howard's brother. John. <laughs> yes. He wanted to get physical. Uh, but what did you think of the score for uh, this movie, which it's, was basically like, hey, take this two chord Nirvana song and uh, see what you can do with it? It's, um, it, I listen to scores like usually a couple of times, and certain tracks will grow on me. And like, that's kind of where I've done most of my like ruminating on the movie is like yeah. listening back to the music and kind of like sort of remembering and looking at the titles and knowing like where some of these tracks fell and there's like there's a lot to like about it but there's it's kind of it's weird because it's like moment by moment music as opposed it's almost more based on cues like spun out of specific cues as opposed to telling a specific story on its own um i think the theme kind of does a little bit i think the catwoman uh theme is probably the most like realized piece of music which almost gives her this kind of like bond girl-esque little suite um mm -hmm. and the riddler stuff is creepy and cool um but it feels a little disjointed that like in watching the movie the best part where everything really all came together for me that i was like if this is like this for three hours like i'm totally in which is the first like 10 minutes of the movie uh, mm -hmm. that first track builds to him coming out of the shadows and beating up those dudes. And, and this right. idea that the bat signal is more just to scare people away than to call him to any specific issue. It yeah. exists to make everybody in the city be like, Oh fuck. Like we have to get inside. Um, but it, it's it, like, it's good. Again, it's one of those things. I'm like, this is not bad. I appreciated that. He, I thought he did a much better job. Michael Giacchino also did the the three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, and those scores are fucking so forgettable. There's like nothing special. The theme is like you couldn't hum it if you wanted to. This is like one note, so it's easy. No, and I, I know Spider-Man. Exactly. And it may. I do. I want to say on the note of the score that the choice of this very, uh, an, for lack of a better term, sorry everybody, Imperial March aspect of you know very hard headed, yeah. like yeah. I will reach my goal um, versus the kind of lilting Ave Maria that comes in uh, with uh, Riddler stuff. And I'm wondering, this is my question. And if anyone knows the answer to this question, please drop me something. Um, did the Ave Maria and the 1989 Batman theme sound very close. And I'm the, wondering if that was on purpose. The, the Danny Elfman. Yeah. 
If you Danny Ave Elfman Maria. actually ripped that off da, 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 da. of Yeah, he ripped it's actually like ripped off the Batman off. score. If you listen to Bernard Herrmann's score for uh Journey to the Center of the Earth, it's literally right it's in one of the little wow. suites from that score. And you'll hear So like every composer rips everything off of everybody. So like oh, it's yeah. entirely possible but i do feel like because the danny elfman theme is so iconic that now people want to steer as hard away from it as they possibly can um because anytime the riddler's really featured and listening back to his theme it's just a lot of voices it is kind of like a choral thing but the the ave maria is not featured in the actual release score um or really woven into any of the score music so it was like Mm -hmm. but it was an intentional choice to use that song many times throughout the movie yeah um but I do like the choral aspect of that behind the Riddler, there is this choir of other voices, like his followers that will I appear at the end. And I kind of wouldn't like be that. surprised if it's um, a children's choir, which would sort of tie into the orphan element of it. Because mm-hmm. when I think about how it sounds in my head, it does sound pretty young. Yeah. Which um, is also a theme in this movie is orphans. Right. Exactly. Um, so again, I mean, all these things could be intentional. They could not be as a score. It gets better. The more I listen to it in certain mm-hmm. parts, but now there's just plenty of tracks. Like it's two hours worth of music, which is also a big release for, for a score. Um, there's probably like 30 really mm-hmm. solid minutes. Um, and that's a very long answer to your question, Christian, but I have listened to it no, many well, times that's, that's why thinking I about yeah. this. No, so. I, because I, I, especially when you were talking about how you'd been listening to it, and you know, Mike Giacchino yeah. is somebody that J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, uses, you know, he did uh, music for Lost and the J.J. Uh, the Abrams Star Trek movies. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, but uh, I, I actually had forgotten that he did the Spider-Man movies and uh, those Spider-Man themes are not the best no um, that we've done. Amazing Spider-Man. They switched composers. Marvel's very good. At, I'm surprised they stuck with him for three movies. They change their composers constantly, so there's very rarely any thematic through lines. And no, and that's that's often and Captain been America. One of your knocks on Marvel movies is that the scores tend to be forgettable. But when it is a good score, you you're always quick to point to it because yes. uh, you know when you do like it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think that uh, as we uh, wind down, Will, I want to know wh- what is your grade? We have the Will Sterling's uh, the Will Sterling scale of justice, but also the Will Sterling scale of we have movies that are fine. Uh huh. We have movies that are fine plus. Yes. Which is fine plus, but French. Uh, we also have less than fine. That's really the. I think that's the only thing on the scale. And I would say there's great, there's very a, good oh, plus, excellent, there is a great. near mint. Yeah. Exactly. Your mint. Uh, CGC graded nine point eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where does this rank for you, and on the Will Sterling scale? I think it's fine plus. Okay. Currently, fine plus. Uh, yeah. Which is on a CGC scale of like a, like a solid eighty percent. Okay. That I mean, look, there's that, more right to, than wrong. Again, that's I just a don't know why we movie. have it right now. If you get eighty percent, uh, I, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel pretty strongly that I've, I, I, you know, I don't try to insult the movie when I say it's the fifth best Batman movie. It's just how I feel about it, you know? And it's like the movies behind it uh, are pretty bad, you know? So it's, it better be better than Batman forever and Batman and Robin. Uh, but, uh, you know, Alicia Silverstone is a goddess. I I mean, not in Batman. Clueless is amazing. Uh, Wait, what are the, what is the top, what are the four in front of it? 
the three Nolans. You can put them okay. in whatever order you want, really. And uh, eighty nine. Okay. Yeah. I, I uh, and definitely not returns though. See, it, I uh, even though it's like not. You'd put live Dark Knight action. Rises above this movie. Yes. Okay. Mask yeah. of the Phantasm because of animated <laughs> because of how the Pattinson as Bruce Wayne really bothers me. And he's not Bruce. This is not a Bruce that, Wayne movie. That, that's what everybody's telling me. But he's still not Bruce got Wayne the, movie. He's got the mask me. off. He's sitting at the table. And by the way, I, yeah. I didn't love Alfred. Severe lack of that song in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I love the Batman stuff in this movie. Uh, but uh, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, look, I look, I love that he has the same eye, uh, eye makeup as Robert Smith from The Cure. I love that. Okay. That's great. He's that's got AF eyeliner for days. <laughs> he sure does. But uh, like, don't forget how great the movies I'm talking about are. You know, I mean, that's it, it's we spent a lot of time talking. about. I'm just surprised that Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's uh, you could make the case that I would put Batman 89 over Dark Knight Rises, but it's it's still pretty well done. Yeah. Um, and given how nostalgic you are. See, right. Batman, the the Phantasm one, I, I did post this on Twitter, what my list was. And people were like, what about, you know, what about uh, that one? I mean, I've, I've just never seen that. So, oh I, I, so I've seen the nostalgic, but it's very, very good. I've seen the animated series plenty, but uh, they're the animated movies I haven't seen. That's so I think at least can we all agree the next Batman that will that should be made is Batman Beyond. We need a Batman Beyond movie. I would I see that. Batman That'd Beyond. be great. Yeah. yeah. I need, it, uh, I need it real bad, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love Bruce Wayne, love him, but I need Michael Keaton and and a young punky. Wow. <laughs> we're we're about to get Michael Keaton, and you know, to to Will's point, or even point, Val Kilmer. I'll do Val. Kil I'll do anything. Well, Val Kilmer. Uh, Val Kilmer's not doing much now. Uh, no, George Clooney, it is. Return, return of the nipples, Batman. <laughs> if you saw the documentary, that would be Val, hilarious. On, they made a big deal Hulu. of like nipple, no nipple. Yeah, Val's not doing much uh, right now. That that documentary about him is fantastic. And to Will's point about the familiarity of what this movie is compared to, you know, just sort of the tone of the Nolan movies. And honestly, the, the tone of, of, uh, of Batfleck is that if we had gotten the bat, the Ben Affleck standalone movie that they had uh, talked about where he is an older Batman, I was very interested in that idea because even if the tone is similar, you're seeing a very different thing. And, you know, the Batman begins, we see the beginning of Batman in Batman 89. We see early Batman. So we're getting that in this as well. And I think this is an incredibly well done story. I would like the idea of getting an old Batman at some point, you know, an actual like that film that's called the Dark Knight is not like Dark a Frank Returns. Miller Dark Knight, which would be great if we ever got that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if we ever actually. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, yeah, the yeah. Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. They made a good animated Dark Knight Returns. That's true. It's like two parts. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll have to Batman. I'll have to look for that, but not on probably DC on Universe, HBO Max because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, I, and uh, Kate, so uh, is this your favorite Batman movie? Probably. Okay, that's fair. It's that uh, Jeff, Batman. It's that Batman Begins and eighty nine. Like those are the three. Those, you can't knock any of those. That's true. Jeff, is this your favorite Robert Pattinson movie or is Twilight <laughs> Eclipse still your favorite? Uh, oh, what was the, there was a really good one that he did with the softy brothers. Good time. Good, good time. time. Yeah. yeah. He was really good in that. And then okay. I, I like, he, he was good in tenant. He was fine. His character. Oof. 
Did you hear the story of when he went to audition for this movie? Mm-mm. Yeah. So he was working like... on Tenet when he auditioned for Batman, and he was trying to keep it away from Christopher Nolan that he was auditioning for <laughs> the new Batman because he was working with Chris Nolan. And he's like, I can't work this day because I have a doctor's appointment. And he's like, you're auditioning for the Batman. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm auditioning for the Batman. And he's just like, you better get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what about, uh, you know, Jeff, it seemed like you did have problems. And I think we've we've aired those grievances uh, festivus style uh, throughout the course of the last uh, 85 minutes. But uh, how does it uh, measure up for you? Uh, you know, I'm inclined to want to see it again, maybe in a theater, but like Will said, at home would be more comfortable uh, to kind of get another, get some more of a feel for it. But uh, you're feeling right now, how does this measure up to Batman that have come before? I would put it behind, like you said, the Nolan films only in so far as I can only gauge this off of how I felt about it. And I think a big thing that this has working against it is that those movies a already exist and B a million more superhero movies have come out since those movies came out and this movie came out. So it's just got so much more working against it than those movies. I think if these came out in a vacuum, I think it'd be potentially a different story, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot of baggage. You know, this is yeah. why it used to be a decade or 20, 15, 20 years before they would try to reboot these. Now it's three years. So it just it's just it's just a lot. Um, and I just don't I didn't walk out of this with that same kind of like, holy shit, I love movies like this. Let's I want more of them. But I really I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie again needed to end sooner. I think that's a huge problem for a movie that's already three hours to have multiple two hours scenes. and 47 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Jeff. Sorry. <laughs> for a two hour, 47 minute movie to have multiple <laughs> scenes, multiple dragged out scenes at the end that yeah. absolutely didn't need to be there at all. And the movie would have had probably more impact. That's a big problem to me, right? Like that's yeah. the end of your movie. You need to, you need to, like Will said, stick the landing, and you're you're fucking it up. Like your <laughs> Return of the King did not stick the landing either. Like, and it went that's, an, that's another. Yeah, that's is, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. That that is, like, really that's true. what it felt like. It was just you stop it. Stop what you're doing. Just yeah. like fade let, out. Let me let me fade ask in. an important question. Fade did you out. have a a Dr Pepper pee brewing for the last thirty minutes of this movie? Is I that is that part absolutely of it? did? It was definitely okay. one I of those ones where you like you stand there and you're just in pain and you're like all right release go get out of me <laughs> uh well if uh people want to have more uh batman talk obviously you can uh, comment on this you can reach us on social media uh we will be doing a second episode of uh bat talk uh our our friend in texas uh john nolan the uh raging rhino he has a job now so he wasn't able to do this in the afternoon with us uh he'll join us our friend eric connor who's been on the black cast but also from marvel movie talk and i believe also a uh third mystery guest uh to be identified later mostly because i haven't confirmed it yet but uh so we will be doing that uh tomorrow uh thursday march the 10th uh, starting around seven Pacific looks like seven fifteen right now, but, uh, so you can find that. And if, uh, in a, 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 about a month, a little bit less than a month, if you want to see some Batman talk, uh, Kate and I will be uh, doing a new show over on the Geekscape Network where we will be uh, talking oh, about Batman Year, year one, one, which I've still have not read, but I have bought. What? Um, I've never read it. Yeah. What? And that's the whole point of the show. Uh, it's the Geeks, 
Geekscape Book Club, which will be a monthly show that oh, uh, that uh, they've uh, given me an opportunity to do over there. Our friend Michael mm-hmm. Shirley from Marvel Movie Talk will be there, and uh, we will talk about that. And then a month later, we'll pick a, a Doctor Strange book to tie into pal, uh, his movie. Jonathan London is he doing that with you too, or is it just on? He's not. Uh, you no, know, it's a, it's his network, but uh, he's of course welcome to join in. Uh, sure. But uh, that's uh, it, it, I don't believe that he'll because he's read it already. So that's part of the idea is that I none see. of the hosts on the that show. None of the hosts have read. Got it. Yeah. Or so we're all reading it understood. for the first time. Right. And so you'll be able it's to all find your year that. ones. Yeah. It's uh, so we're all we're Mine's all still coming. It, Mine's still in the mail. Oh, well, uh, I, uh, I, I, I got my next day. So I'm just saying prime, you know, just, I, know. I don't do prime. Believe, uh, I believe, I believe April 3rd is the day and it'll be in the afternoon, but I I'll was trying to, I was trying to support a local comic book shop. Guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's I, good. I gave, yeah, that's I, I gave job. money to Amazon. So, uh, I did, I did it wrong. So my apologies. I bought from my local comic book. That's right. You're good. Good for you. I didn't. And uh, you're a better person than I am, but we've established <laughs> that. But if people want to keep in touch, Kate, with a better person than me, how do they find you? But not a better mob boss. Um, no, 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 no. At no, Cornellable no. on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, yeah, I will probably be seeing Batman in two more hours. <laughs> So I really liked this one. So if anyone wants to fight me on it or agree with me on it or talk about anything else that's nerdy. Well, there you, go. you should go in Burbank because my understanding is that Robert Pattinson comes out before every that's, showing. That's maybe, literally the Burbank. only reason. I'm just yeah. going to be like, our Pats, yo, what's yeah. up? And, we got to talk about that scene in the lighthouse. And, and it's awkward <laughs> because Kristen Stewart is in the theater next to it showing that Princess Diana movie. So you Spencer, know, which is also prob- great. They're probably going to run into each other and it'll probably just be a little awkward. Uh, Will Sterling, if people want to learn about history, but in a way where it's maybe a little bit more grown up, how do they do that? Listen to my new podcast called History Rated R. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. Nice. Um, And it's a good time. If people want to see us with uh, our friend uh, Liev over the weekend, they apparently need to come to a Tim McGraw concert. That's the only way we can hang out with him. Is the only way we can hang out with him. McGraw concert. Yeah. So we'll talk. We'll talk about that in the future. Uh, And uh, Jeff Duray, you you're you're like the Joker in the sense that you just like to watch the world burn. You don't want people to comment on it, too. You're correct. Comment on the world burning to me? Yeah. No, please keep your mouth shut. When you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, keep your mouth shut. I don't spoil it for me. Let me just enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You you would sit there in in Arkham with the Riddler and be like, yes, please, let's watch together. Like, I mean, if you want an example of how the world's literally burning, as you can see, it's snowing outside, and it was oh. like sixty yesterday. Oh so, no, you know, there's that. Well, you know, Jeff, what I always say is that I'd stop the world and melt with you. So I hope that you appreciate that. Uh, And if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And uh, you can uh, find all of our shows on the Blackcast YouTube channel, including the Blackcast, Marvel Movie Talk. Uh, Biden time, which is on a kind of a bi-weekly schedule right now. That's uh, but uh, also uh, Will's friend uh, Craig, who uh, is from History Rated R, did an episode a couple weeks ago. And then we did a special on the State of the Union. So you can find those on the Blackcast YouTube channel. You can find everything. And I mean everything on the Blackcast YouTube channel. Well, just all of our shows. So please subscribe. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. That is all the time we have for today. But... There'll be more bat talk uh, tomorrow. And that is next time on 
the Blackcast. About the things that she say, so distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listening to Black Cast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Black Cast insulated my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listening to Black Cast. Cops knock on the door and listen. Black Cast's on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin'. Listening to Black Cast. My point is, listen to this show. Don't need me to tell you it's dope. Rock so hard like Johnny Litho. Listening to Black Cast. Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast. It's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV. That's right. That's that guy, Christian. You rock. All right, several Texans had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show.